The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Sean Collins. Now, Sean is a devoted and gifted international psychic medium from Australia. He is a teacher of the spiritual arts and a modern day Merlin on a mission to help strengthen the connection between our world and the spirit world. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited too. And I'm very excited to connect and hear from you how this journey has been with your work that you do with spirit and get into some of the other things that we talked about prior to recording and get the listeners in on that conversation as well. So, but I would love to start by hearing more from you who Sean Collins is. Awesome. Well, after that lovely introduction, (laughs) I am a psychic medium, spiritual teacher, which has really become one of my massive passions now. I really have always had like this desire and mission and purpose to want to evolve the mediumship industry. Uh, I always found that like all through my trainings and my development, Whenever there was something that felt really like old fashioned or rigid or stuck in the old ways of working, that was always something that I felt like I can really see a window for where this needs to change or where this could be easier or this could be more accessible for everyone. And I think that's really where we're going with mediumship at the moment. It not being this crazy thing that only some special individuals can do and like strengthening the connection of everyone and their connection to the spirit world. I love teaching that I love awakening people's gifts within themselves and I've got some new stuff coming out at the moment as well where I'm working with people on a one-to-one level to really bust through some of the heaps of work to help people get into like the most fully expressed fully powerful versions of themselves so very excited for that as well yeah doing a bit of everything at the moment (laughs) I love it now I love that you came up with the the modern day Merlin can you talk about how that evolved yeah so that is really what I'm working on at the moment and it kind of came to me in this like past life recall so my spirit guide he's very much like this wizard his name's Lazarus he comes across with just like so wise he's got so much wisdom and humor as well And I've always had this really strong connection to him. But for me, I've always kept things on like the light, fun, easy, graceful side of doing things. And I realized that like a big part of what we've both done through many lifetimes is helping people of great influence to step into their own power in a more soul aligned way. 
And that's what I'm really working towards at the moment is, again, working with people of great influence and really taking them into their power, helping them do a lot of that work and even more self-expressed version of themselves so that they can influence the masses on like an amazing way with a great, a lot of power and connection behind them. Oh, that's wonderful. And so important to help people be able to stand in their power. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And so mm-hmm. to have light workers like you and Lazarus there yeah. to help them be able to do that. I mean, gosh, what an amazing place this world can really be when we've got people in integrity standing in their power. I'm curious to know how your journey to mediumship happened. Well, for me, I grew up in a really like spiritually open family. So it was never like this crazy thing to me. My parents were always like watching John Edward. My dad is super psychic himself. He'd always just like predict random celebrity deaths. Oh, that's awesome. Celebrity deaths. Well, not the deaths, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he just like was able to predict things wow. to the death, like really out of the blue. So it was always there. And I thought everyone just had that sort of connection. I'd see auras around people. I'd I'd always have like this blue energy come into my room at nighttime that I knew was my grandfather. But when I was 15, I went and saw a medium that my mom went to and she was obsessed with. And then everyone in the family went to. And she basically said to me, like the first thing she said was, you're a medium. You're going to be doing this from a young age. You're going to be doing it on a big level, like everything. Like I'm like, yeah, whatever. You just say that to everyone to make them feel special, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was like 18, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Moved away from home, moved to Melbourne. And when I started to really like tap into my own self-expression and really grow into myself through the process of moving out of home, that's where my abilities just started to become super prominent and super clear. And like I was working in cafes and I'd have customers come in, I'd be like, okay, there's a spirit right next to you. And they're really putting the pressure on for me to deliver this message for them. So I'd always have like these interactions where I'd say, I'm so sorry. I know this is so strange. I just feel like I have to say it to you. Do you know someone that died from this with this reference or something like that? And they'd always know who I was talking about. So yeah, yeah, lots of those experiences happen, but I'm sure as you know yourself, it takes a lot of work from the spirit world to get us to actually like accept our ability. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have like a million green lights. So the moment that it really just like anchored in for me, having like a, I guess, an out-of-body experience where I, I saw my grandfather and he said to me, Sean, how many signs do we have to give you? You know what you're meant to be doing. There's a man called Tony Stockwell coming to Melbourne in March. Go and study with him. And when I came back from that experience, I Googled what he had told me. And I found like this Tony Stockwell development week. And I was like, okay, well. I really should be looking into this a bit more. So (laughs) wow! (laughs) when I went and studied with that, that was really like the start of me learning how to own my power and ability and learn how to control it. And since then, I've been developing and working on that level as well. So when your grandfather told you about Tony Stockwell, how did it appear to you or how did it come to you? It was in the out-of-body experience. So it was like I was meditating on my balcony and all of a sudden I was looking at my body 
And I was like, holy crap, I'm, I did it. I'm, I'm doing an out-of-body experience. <laughs> so I was just like playing around. I was journeying. I was like flying up in the sky, going and seeing different people that I love. And I just think about someone that I wanted to go and visit. And I thought about my grandma in New Zealand. And I was then like standing in her living room and I could see her sitting there like watching the TV with her glass of wine. And next to her was my grandfather. But I could see him as like this translucent version of himself and her like I was looking with my own eyes. Got it. And that's where I could communicate with him. And he told me this information. He wasn't actually speaking but it was like a mental communication, like the strongest telepathy that I would have ever experienced in my life. So that's how he managed to finally get the final green light to me that got me on track with going for it, basically. Do you think that he had something to do with your out-of-body experience? So I don't think he pulled me out of anything, but I guess everything is connected, isn't it? Like sure. It feel like he was the one guiding it but he was the point that I ended up at so I'm sure he had a big part to do with it but I got a little bit obsessed with it because I saw these like I think it just popped up on Facebook it was like ancient Egyptian out-of-body experience induction technique uh, and I just practiced it and practiced it because I was like I gotta see if this works and it ended up working because like I've never mm. had one that I was able to consciously induce and I've never had one to the same extent since so it was the most profound experience I've ever had in this work I think it was amazing that's really amazing I feel like you hear about those things and it's one of those things like like what you said like well I'll try and see if it works I have yet to try it I feel like I have had the intention to to try it but I have yet to try it but wow that's really incredible that's really oh, incredible I'll, I'll I'll send you this this particular technique and you can see how you go with it <laughs> okay I'll let you know maybe I'll come visit you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll meet I'll meet you in there <laughs> so speaking of that space wherever that is outside of physical I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your thoughts on spirits that maybe haven't fully crossed over so this is something that challenged me for a long time because every renowned and respected institution that I've ever studied with when it comes to mediumship and spirituality has completely ignored the topic of ghosts or entities or earthbound spirits they've said it, it's not something that happens there's no soul that doesn't return to the spirit world. And part of that felt true to me, but there was also this part of me that thought I can't devalidate what everyone experiences and what I've also felt myself. So it took me years of sitting with that information and trying to get the answer from guide who I trust. And where I've ended up at at this point is I feel very much that it is true that every soul returns to the spirit world. No matter how difficult, traumatic their life was here, I feel like the pure part of us always returns back to the spirit world. But it is also true that you can't create or destroy energy. You can only transmute it. So the way I see it is that the mind or the ego can kind of be left behind. And if that does have a recent trauma or strong situation that has been around that mind, it can become strong enough to interact with its own environment, 
to try and stimulate more of what it already consists of. And if you think about the ego mind itself, like its job is to keep us safe, keep itself safe, protect itself, and to also just mark its own territory or feel comfortable in its own space. So the way that I see it is that when, when our souls do decide to return, what we've left behind beforehand that is of that earthly existence, that kind of returns to us as our responsibility in a karmic way. So I kind of see karma and ghosts or entities or earthbound spirits as the same thing. Uh, like what is left behind is our responsibility to come back and to keep working on. And that's where we then claim it back or we take it back on as our own. And when it comes to like spirit rescue, I, I see that very much as work of progressive mediumship. And I wouldn't say it's spirit rescue, but I would say that we are doing healing work for the souls that don't have that same strength and connection to this world anymore. And we're kind of cleaning up the vibration for the collective of what's left behind here. But yeah, I really don't see it as creative consciousness. I see the energies as a very earthbound or earthy frequency that doesn't have much driving it. It kind of just is existing without a, an awareness that we have in our form at the moment. Um, what, do, what do I think? Yeah. <laughs> that is such a good question. Now, first of all, when you mentioned how the schools that you've been to or the, the teachers that you've learned under, I've had similar experience. Most, I don't know if they just don't talk about it or it just, it doesn't really seem to come up. And I don't know why. So I've, I myself have been struggling with deciding how I feel in regards to spirits that are stuck, even if there are darker entities too. I'm kind of struggling with that because all the wonderful and very credible teachers that I've learned from as well had never experienced dark entity. But at the same time, if you're working in a very high loving, high vibing environment, I don't believe they can come into that space. So that would make sense that for, for mediums who connecting with people's loved ones, they don't come across that. But like you said, I can't also discredit some of the other experiences that I've heard as well. And I feel like what I've learned from spirit is it's limitless. You never say never because they will always mm -hmm. surprise you with something else. So I guess trying to figure out, well, is that part any different as well like there's balance and everything so anyway it's I'm still trying to I guess gather data and do my own research and see what feels intuitively right to me and you know when I consult with my guide his name's Jason and ask him about these things which I actually don't know if I've actually asked him about that and maybe I should but just kind of seeing what feels right with me because some people just may not ever have those experiences. And so they, they can say, oh yeah, you know, it's never happened to me. So it doesn't happen and vice versa. So I'm still trying to figure it out as well. And I, I really don't think that there is a wrong answer or a right answer. And yeah. I think that when people who are very in tune with that, or even who are whether they're right-brained or left-brained about it, I think that everybody has a valid point and it could be a part of the same puzzle. So yeah, I don't exactly. know. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, spirit could be very complicated. <laughs> yeah, 
I really do believe that mediumship is the work of connecting with the soul and it is pure and there's really nothing to be afraid of at all when it comes to working with the spirit world and that's because souls are a creative consciousness and the way I see like all that energetic remain that could be left behind it's more like a siphon consciousness or it's more just a consciousness that's trying to stimulate from its environment so that it can become stronger of what it already is so it will create fear it was if it was born out of fear from the people who are interacting with it and it can become really smart and really mischievous but I really do believe that it only has the power that we give to it I really don't believe that a siphon consciousness can have power over a creative consciousness or a person or a soul unless we are giving it to it with our free will and something else I'd, I'd thought about that can help us think about this I'm sure you've had this happen as well like the only souls that I've ever had been able to come through in a mediumship connection of people who haven't passed away yet are the souls of people who have Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah, you've noticed that as well. I have, you? yeah, yeah. They can communicate to us like any other spirit that is over there, like they have that same ability. And I realized that that kind of proves that our soul can already be in the spirit world while we still have our mind existing here and still be connected to our bodies but not be completely in them when I thought about that I'm like if the soul of somebody who's already on their way into the spirit world or a soul that's already kind of wandering from their body can communicate to us while that person is still alive kind of proves that your your soul can be in the spirit world while they're still your mind and parts of yourself existing here and I really do believe that it's like an earth school it's a constant evolution a constant evolving process that we return to and I really see it as like we pick up where we left off or we take on what we left behind when we return here and then maybe when once we don't leave anything behind in some of our lifetimes, that's where we get to go on to other things, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone's yeah. journey is so different and so special. So yeah. going back to what you were talking about, how we can give things power, like siphoned energy. I had heard of this theory before. And tell me what you think that things like Loch Ness Monster, for instance, maybe only exists because so many people believe it exists what are your thoughts I definitely do think that on a certain realm anything that anyone thinks of is created in that place and I do think if people give it enough power that it could start to show itself and become really powerful in its presence at the same time, I do think that the things we don't know about this world are more crazy and unbelievable than the things that we do already know. So I, I wouldn't say that <laughs> um, any things that people think of or experience aren't true. I would say that there's more that we don't know than we do know about what is on this planet and where the dimensions might be close to other dimensions and we can experience different types of beings that aren't scientifically part of our planet. Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay, Sean, I want to take our conversation to your mediumship now. 
I'm curious, how do spirits come to you? Like, I guess what clairs do you tend to use at this time? Because we don't want to limit you. It's always changing, right? <laughs> at this time, that's very true. It, it has already changed so much since I started. It's like when you start, everything seems to be clearer because they need you to really understand what they're saying. But as you trust so true. Them, yes. <laughs> as, as you trust them more, they don't have to use as much energy to get those images get those thoughts to you so it becomes really less clear and less prominent so the way that it's working for me at the moment is very much clear cognizance I would say is one of my strongest just the knowingness and I'm also I would say very clairsentient and clairvoyant with a hint of clairaudience every now and again just it in. <laughs> they, they drop it in wherever they feel like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So I've seen some of your videos that you post on your socials about some snippets of you giving readings to people. And it's really incredible, the evidence that you pull through. So I, I want to say that the mediumship that you do seems to be very evidential based. Is that safe to say? Yes, yes. And I also would say that what I post on my page, I like to post the evidence because yeah. that's what people want to put their trust in you, unfortunately. It's true. It's they true. want that yeah. whole facts that you're able to pick up on so that you can deliver the beautiful messages, which is actually the more important part of the work that we do. Totally. And it's funny you should bring that up because I have been grappling myself with readings. When people ask about mediumship readings, I find, and maybe this is for obvious reasons, but I've been finding that I don't like wasting the time at the beginning of a reading, trying to show the person who I have. For me, I find that if they tell me who they want to see, it's like instant. I can give them what they need and I can give them the evidence that they need once I know. I don't know. Maybe that's just how I work, but I've kind of been toying with that whole thing too of, you know, the evidence is great. And being able to like pull someone out of the ether and say, this is who's here for you and them hoping to hear from them. That's always exciting too. But you're right. It's not always about the bells and the whistles, right? It's about the message that spirit wants to relay and they know they're real. We know that they really exist and they're still there. It's, I guess, for the human and the sitter that they still need that. They're definitely there. Yeah, I love that. And it does cut to the chase so much better. <laughs> and it makes it so much like I actually would say in that environment where you're just saying, who do you want to hear from? They would get more value out of that session. But I think that still in the world that we live in, people, I find, still want you to do most of the work. They want us to work our asses off and prove <laughs> to them that they can trust what we're saying which I agree with you, it comes through in the messages yeah. and in the evidence that is provided in that space as well. And I do think that's where mediumship is evolving to, is us not having to prove it and yeah. to just go to the importance of it. I would love it if the world would be completely accepting of that way of working as well. Yeah, I agree. I think that the TV shows don't really... <laughs> too much <laughs> they're so great and entertaining to watch and they give hope to people but it can make it hard like the expectations right and, and not to say that I'm sure you can do that you like you can bring through who you need to but like you said cut to the chase let's yeah just, let's just get down to business and those tv shows like I know people that have done them and they say from what they show of those sessions they refine the process to get the most amazing part of the connection across so it really doesn't give the public a or 
authentic idea of what to expect when they're going to see a medium and sometimes those tv shows do make people set their expectations up here and then energetically close off when it doesn't happen within the first five seconds so that's why i think it really does have to evolve um, that we have a lot to grow as an industry of mediums but there is still that part of us that loves to get those wow moments and those hard cold facts and that evidence like that's not the important part to the spirit and it's not the important part to the person who's coming to hear from their loved ones but it does make us feel like we're doing a good job when we bring out those details doesn't it <laughs> it does oh my gosh and we can we can be hard on ourselves when we when we're only 80 percent right you know? I know. <laughs> which is actually in mediumship world really really good yeah. um and but but yeah you're right because in those tv shows think about it right it's like a clip it's like a three minute clip of the reading but readings yeah. can be like an hour long you know what about exactly. the rest the rest of the 57 minutes <laughs> of the reading oh gosh the misconceptions that's so interesting We're, we got to change that huh sean <laughs> yeah working on it working we're, on it. <laughs> okay good good <laughs> yeah we're working on it so you had mentioned that you yourself had had an experience when we were talking about that idea of the i don't know i hate to use the word ghosts but people yeah. know what that means so what experience have you had well there's two main ones that come to my mind I know that anytime I've gone into like an old torture museum in Europe or like I've gone into any place that has a history, that's where I've felt the most psychic attack. But I don't mm. believe that that's spirits. I believe that that's just me picking up and being vulnerable to the psychic imprints of that environment. But one time my mum was like taking us on holiday when we were younger, our parents were, and she booked us into this hotel that was a haunted hotel out in the middle of uh, like Victoria and she hadn't told me anything and then when she got there she's like I've got a surprise we're staying in a, a apparently haunted hotel so let's see what you can pick up and I was like okay this will be interesting <laughs> there was a lot of energy in that place like I have to admit and I really could feel the stories of the people that had been in that space and the the trauma that was left behind. And we kind of like walked upstairs. It wasn't a big place, just like uh, maybe 20 rooms in the hotel. But we went upstairs and there was just like this suction of energy coming from a door. And I was like, that's the room that it's got a lot going on in there. And then mom in her research, and she'd been gossiping with the receptionist. She was like, well, that's apparently the room number where people have a lot of activity and everything wow. like that. And at nighttime, me and my sister, we just, we started to communicate with that energy. And I could feel this story of a woman who, it does feel like they're stuck. It does feel like that when you're communicating with it. And I felt like she was waiting for her baby. That's the message that I kept on getting. But when I connected into it, I was like, that child's been passed for years. It's already in the spirit worlds. And it was like this mind loop. That's the only way I could imagine or explain it. That's how it felt to me, like what I was communicating with. And I fully did that whole process of like, let me help you. Let me save you. I'm your rescuer. <laughs> and introduce it to the light or whatever that is. 
But now looking back on it with more understanding of what was probably happening or what I believe was happening, when we're introducing or sending a spirit to the light, I really do believe that we are just recalling upon the pure soul self version. And when we see that portal of light, we're seeing the soul return forwards and we're reconnecting the bridge from where we are as the medium and helping them to heal that part that they'd left behind so that they don't have to do it again the next time they come back. So it's like we're kind of the mediums for the people of this earth and we're also can be the mediums of the souls that aren't here right now. And in the process of doing that, like lifting the vibration or healing or transmuting that energy that's been left behind. So that was probably the only time that I felt like the story and the presence and everything like that, where I've connected and felt like I was doing what you would consider spirit rescue. Uh, there was another time where my sister, both with my sister when we were younger, she couldn't pull herself out of this horrible mood for days. And I just noticed when I walked past her bedroom, I saw her out of the corner of my eye, like just this cloudy shadow lingering around her shoulder. And I was like, oh, holy shit, like there's something going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as I had awareness of that presence, of that darkness that I was picking up on, I immediately felt it trying to attack or latch onto me. Mm. And it was like, oh my, I've been caught or I've been seen. Like that's what I felt this entity or whatever you would call it was yeah. the way it was operating. I wasn't scared of it. I was just like, we just have to deal with this. So I just went and got my big selenite crystal and I'm like walking into her room. Like a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, wiped it over her head I wiped it over my head and I was just like be gone whatever this is this energy it didn't yeah. feel powerful to me at all it felt mm. sneaky and it felt like it kind of was getting away with it and it was getting yeah. away with what to do and then as soon as that we did that I didn't even tell her what she was doing she's like what the hell is he doing with that big crystal in here <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> yeah, she literally burst out crying and like burst into tears laughing and she was like I've never felt such relief I don't know what that I wow. had awareness of what was going on but she had this massive reaction like freeing effect and she's like I can't believe that the power of that so wow. I think we do really have to be aware of it but not give it any power and not think oh my god this is something so scary like sure it, it's literally just the buildup of negativity from thought. It's from the living. It's not from spirits. It's not from people <laughs> in the other world. It's the living are more scary than the dead. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Oh my gosh. 100%. So that's really amazing. Now I know selenite, it has cleansing properties. Did yeah. you intuitively just know to grab it? Was that the only thing you had? I already knew that at the time. Mm. So I was like, when I walked in and I had a big chunk of it, like a, it literally like a sword. Um, yeah. So I was like, perfect, let's go. <laughs> Into battle. So waving it around. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. That gave me chills too. When, when you were talking about the positive effect that it had once you were able to rid of it. So that's really interesting and maybe good advice for people who either are witnessing somebody in like a funk or they themselves have been in a funk. Why not try some selenite or some, some yeah. sort of cleansing something? For Wouldn't sure. hurt. 
for sure. I think like mm-hmm. any tool like that, it's the intention you have behind it as well. If you believe oh, this is going to clear my energy and release anything that isn't in alignment with my positive energy, then that's what it's going to do. Same with sage, same with any crystal you could use it for. But selenite does seem to cut to the chase. as we. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. No, I think that's really great advice because I know you had mentioned earlier, the mind is so powerful. It really is. And I love the idea of the intention being so important because it can be very overwhelming. So many crystals, they all do multiple things, so many things to protect. Just make it simple, right? Make it simple. It's about the intention, grab whatever, or just envisioning it too, maybe would, would help. Now in that case, let me ask your opinion. I know it's not happening now, but if you would have asked your sister to imagine, I don't know, the bubble or the reverse mirrors or something to protect her, do you think that would have done it too? Or was she too sort of involved and attached that she needed you to help? The only word that I can use to describe them is like an entity because it, it yeah. is a level of consciousness, but it's not a powerful consciousness by any means. So uh-huh. that entity and those entity, I believe they're really good at messing with your mental state. Uh, and playing tricks on you and kind of like getting you into a place where you don't maybe want to like you're like no I don't want to do anything good like that so I would say that as soon as you have awareness over it it is powerless to you and whatever you want to do to clear your energy whatever works for you whether you like to visualize whether you like to go outside and jump in the ocean or jump in water like whatever works for you to refresh yourself once you have awareness over it with the belief that once you identify it it is powerless to you I think that everyone would be so much more easily able to deal with these things but I think the trick that they play in your mind it makes you believe oh there's something scary attached to me there's something demonic there's something powerful that's got a hold of me that's making me feel like this and that thought that you're having at that time is literally the only thing that is giving it power. But if you just see it for what it is and remember how powerful you are, then you have nothing to worry about. I love it. So I'm curious, going to shift gears a little bit here. What is your take on spirit guides? I love working with spirit guides. And I think they are beings that building and developing a relationship with can service us in a great way. I think they're there for everyone, regardless of whether they're building a conscious relationship with them or not. But yeah, I love working with my spirit team. I love especially having this close relationship with my main guide or the one as the most connected And I know all the other loved ones, my other friends, buddies from the spirit world, they're all up there looking out for me as well. I do like trance mediumship and I usually work with Lazarus and allow him to come and speak. And I obviously remember what happens during the process, but from what his personality and his wisdom that he's able to share in those environments, that is something that is so powerful and amazing. So I think they're great. And I love that we can help connect people deeper with their own as well. What do you think the difference is between spirit guides and other members of the spirit team? The way that I see it is maybe those souls have decided that they don't need to come back to earth anymore, or 
that they don't necessarily need to or want to right now. So they can continue to help support and live through the people that are the ones deciding to come down. And I believe we might be spirit guides to other people next time. Like we might do a little switcheroo. We might have them again. They might be our brother in our next life. I I think they're all part of our soul family as well. I love it. Yep. No limits on spirit. I've definitely learned that. So Sean, this has been such a fascinating conversation and it's been such a pleasure to help wrap up our interview. I was wondering, is there a message from anyone on your spirit team that you'd like to share to the listener? So a timeless message to the collective for the time the listener listens to this episode. Awesome. Let me see. I really feel like the words that want to come from spirit at the moment is to just remember how powerful you are. Remember that you have complete control over anything that is around you and that there's nothing to be afraid of when you remember your power. I love it. Thank you so much for the reminder. Thank you, Spirit Team. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, Really appreciate you. Yes, thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. So lovely to meet you and been a pleasure talking to you as well. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, love and light always. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.